Fam bam, what's going on? It's your boy, Sid. And Charlotte. I am a retired NFL player, and now I'm a full-time dad, husband, and content creator. And me and my wife do this podcast together to be completely transparent about things that we're going through, about our life, about our kids, and a bunch of stuff. We don't have all the answers, and we don't have it all together. But one thing that we do have is that we are committed. We are committed to build our life the way God calls us to live. We are committed to each other in our relationship. And we are also committed to ourselves. So just being the best version of ourselves that we can be each day. And at the end of every episode, we always check in with each other. We always let each other know how we feel about his joy and what's hard in these conversations because conversation is hard in any relationship, but especially marriage. And we always reiterate to each other that I'm committed to Charlotte and that she's committed to me and that we're in this together. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Said by Charlotte. Today, we are closing out our February couples series, and we're sitting down with another one of our good couple friends, um, Monique and Ben Schmidt. And we're just going to be talking with them about how they maintain a healthy marriage because it's something like (laughs) we've been struggling with if Mm. we're being honest and Mm. i think every couple struggles with it and Mm. you're constantly learning and evolving and changing um to make it work Mm -hmm. so i think for me like when i think of ben and monique i think about i don't think you guys know this but they were the first like couple we had over our house for dinner really yeah they were the first you are the very first one you were yeah, so we've broken this table. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, um, I know and I think when I think about like a healthy um, marriage and healthy relationships, is we and we we've often talked about having like healthy um, friends that we can go to and talk to and being somebody who I constantly we meet up and I talk to them for hours and just talk about my feelings and yeah, like, what I'm struggling with. When are you coming home? <laughs> yeah, You've been yeah. gone for like five hours. You might have, have that I have much more to feelings talk to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I just whenever Ben says, "Yeah, I'm gonna hang out with Seth," I'm like. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, okay, what time do you plan on being home? Okay, just make just sure. Add an hour to yeah, yeah. an hour. Yeah. Ben, ben is somebody who I've known the past couple of years, and like we are really open, open books with each other. We tell each other like what's going on and how we can be better men, be better husbands, mm-hmm. be better fathers, be better creators. Um, so he's somebody that I've found that I can go to and just be completely honest with, who I know won't judge me. He will not take sides if I'm wrong. He's going to tell me you're wrong. And you well, need to go I home judge and you. It's just silent. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just taking notes. Yeah. And just like, yeah. oh. So, so yeah. like said, said, we met Ben and Monique a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Life group. Yeah. Well, we it, it was weird. We never met in person. We met via text when you were pregnant with Maddie and I was pregnant with Vance. Wait, really? Uh, yes. I, didn't I, I feel like that. you came, you guys were doing something else when we, we started going to life group, mm-hmm. but you came to like one week for something and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's pregnant yeah. and I'm pregnant. Were you pregnant? Yeah. yeah. We were pregnant at the same time. Really? And then yeah. eventually we were all in the same life group together. It was super awesome. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, can you guys just do a little brief intro for those who don't know you about you guys just as individuals first? Sure. For those who don't know, we are very mm-hmm. famous, so everybody <laughs> should know us. No, no, no. no. Okay. So my name is Monique uh, Schmidt. Um, I'm not from Minnesota. 
And uh, one of the best compliments I've ever gotten was from my old boss who said, what I like about you is you're not Minnesota nice. And I take that very seriously. (laughs) Um, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Um, Ben and I have been married six years this September. Wow. And we have two kids. Wow. 17 months apart. So I guess you could say it's getting pretty serious. Yeah. 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 He hasn't tricked me yet, so I'm just waiting for that day. (laughs) What about you, Ben? Um, Let's see. Um, Your name is Ben. Yeah, Ben. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Married to Monique. Um, I try to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Are you mm-hmm. Minnesota nice? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This makes Very her a much. perfect combination. You guys balance each other. That's out. that's one thing that she really helped me with, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you being, mean by that? Being more direct. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I wouldn't even if a server gave me the wrong dish, I would just be like, okay, I guess this is my lot in life now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not about that. I'm like, if I'm paying for this, I better get my yeah. my my food, like yeah. good food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. would just eat the food. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah no. I'm not that Minnesota nice. <laughs> I was a doormat, basically. Yeah. Yes, that is definitely the um, straightforward, direct. Yeah, person I don't have time for games. I mean, you no, know me by same. now, dude. I'm yeah. just like, look, mm-hmm. let's get this. Let's get to the point. Let's yeah. get this solved. Like, no, no yeah. hard feelings. But yeah. you messed up. Because the thing about me is, like, if I messed up, if I mess up, I'm going to take ownership. But like, yo, I messed up. My bad. Let me fix this. Yeah. If you mess up, fix it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no hard yeah. feelings, but let's get to the I had a really good here. conversation with um, a friend of mine yesterday, uh, one of my sweetest, dearest friends, but she texted me like four days before that and said, hey, can we have a talk? Like no kids. And and I was just like, why? Just tell me now. Hmm. Let me prep. I don't want like, let's just not mull things over. Right. I'm it I like am, a super serious conversation. It was a super serious She's conversation. Like, yeah, we, I want to talk about something. And I was like, what? <laughs> Just like, just say now, just say something so that I'm not freaking out inside Mm -hmm. because I'm not good at waiting. Mm -hmm. I've had to learn that. I've had to learn. Ben's been really good about helping me to see the benefit of the doubt about so many things. Like if I'm super heated about um, someone that I felt did me wrong or whatever, Mm -hmm. he's like, well, what's their what's their side of it? And I'm like, yeah, Ben's really good at that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shut up, Ben. <laughs> oh, shut up. Just, just say you're right, babe. Yeah. And then he's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so you are originally yeah. from Florida. Yeah. Miami. I'm from, not Miami. Just Florida. Florida, from Florida. Florida. Yeah. Miami. Florida. Florida. Miami is northern yeah. Cuba. Different. Yeah. 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 I, I learned that after being yeah. married for a while. And you I, say you're from Florida and you're from Miami. You have to say yeah. I'm from Miami first. Okay. I'm from Miami. Yeah. Monique yeah. is from Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That is from Minnesota. How did you guys meet? Okay, so uh, I went to school at University of Florida, go Gators, shameless plug, and um, I was in my best friend's wedding as a bridesmaid, and he was from Minnesota, and his cousin married my best friend, Mm -hmm. so he flew down for the wedding, and we met on the day of the rehearsal. She was a bridesmaid, I was an usher, and uh, we met when her groomsman that she was supposed to walk down the aisle with in in rehearsal, um, he wasn't able to make it for rehearsal, and so I was a stand-in groomsman. And so first time we met, I walked her down the aisle. Oh, mm. hi, I'm Monique. Hi, I'm Beth. <laughs> About an hour after we met, I texted my roommate and I said, I found her. No and, way. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. That's serious? Yeah, I knew yeah. I was going to marry her after about an hour or two. And I was like Something getting like ready to move to California. I didn't even know her name at the time, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> different family members were coming up to Ben and saying, hey, Ben, what do you think of Mo? What do you think of Monique? He's like, I don't know Monique, but I like her. You're talking about me. Mm-hmm. I was like, 
Oh, <laughs> yay. So then you were moving to California and you were still living in Minnesota. Yeah. So you were just like chasing this girl around the country. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dated long distance for a little bit. Yeah. He, he moved to California at one point, didn't you? Yeah. He yeah. Did, it felt yeah. like three years, but it was actually only three months. <laughs> uh, I was looking for work and we were uh, lived about an hour away from each other or something like oh, that. An hour and a half was the worst. Yeah. Put on a podcast or like something next mm-hmm. to you so that time could pass so much faster. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, yeah. he lived in Temecula. So driving south of the city was just, it was super chill. Never mm-hmm. really hit traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a it was it was a struggle mm-hmm. out there. Um, I think I think mostly because when we first had our when we had our first Skype date, he was like, um, I like you, I'm not subtle about it, and I want to pursue you long distance. Damn. That okay. doesn't sound too Minnesota nice. That sounds pretty direct yeah, to me. Direct. He was well, very direct. Let me clarify. If I if I want something, I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Okay. No matter what that is in life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, uh, okay. <laughs> with with a prize as big as a wife, you know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. Prize mm-hmm. as a wife? Yeah. You're, Am I your you're trophy real. wife now? Well, I wouldn't use those words, but if you said it, I'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> So fast forward, you said yeah. you've been married now four and a half years. You found your way to Minnesota, which is where? I think five and a half years. Oh, five and a half years. Yeah, that one year makes a whole difference. It does. We've been through a lot. <laughs> um, you guys have found your way to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Okay, this isn't on topic, but I'm just curious now that I've heard of all of these different places. Is Minnesota where you guys see yourselves staying? No uh, idea. Oh, this is going to okay. open up a can of worms. <laughs> Sorry. How okay, dare you? Redirect, redirect. Oh, okay, so five and a half years, two kids. <laughs> five and a half years, two kids. You live in Minnesota right uh, now. Guys, yes, I want to leave. Yes, I want to leave. <laughs> it's no secret. I feel like no. it's no secret. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm an open book. I'm, yeah. I'm from Miami. I'm, I am a tropical environment girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like. This weather, like all the waking up to all the snow this morning, I'm like, no thanks, please, mm-hmm. yeah. like I'm good, mm-hmm. and uh, just I miss, I miss my culture. I'm not gonna lie, like I miss being in the majority. It's super weird, yeah. right? Because you you feel mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. being in Miami, it's seventy percent Latino or black, and like a very small percentage is white. And my high school, same thing. It was like eighty percent of what people would consider across mm-hmm. the nation minorities. And here I am in the majority, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm used to going down the street and people are speaking in Spanish. And so I know Spanish or or like I go to uh, a Brazilian restaurant and I can speak in Portuguese to the servers. Like I'm used to that. And being in Minnesota, it really has stretched me in terms of what it is to live in a completely different culture of the United States. Because living in LA, it's not really different from living in Miami in terms of running into people of like different skin colors or minorities or cultures, mm-hmm. being in Minnesota is completely different. Mm-hmm. And so Especially I- Especially Edina, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. dear Lord. Oh, <laughs> Edina is super diverse. Um, yeah, right. You yeah. can get a lot of different shades of white in, in Edina. Um. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I like Ben's family is not Minnesotanized by any means whatsoever like they are they are such direct people and such godly people like the some of the direct but kind not direct, direct but really yeah. kind mm-hmm. like honest open and they'll never tear you down like those are the kind of people that ben grew up with like his mm-hmm. parents are that way and i'm not used to that. i've never been used to that 
And so being in Minnesota and then not being in my culture, like I feel like I have a lot that I can take away from being here, but like so much of me has like one foot in, one foot out. Like I want to be more involved in my culture again, like in a more diverse environment, which is why I was so pumped about New York at one point, but I mean, it's not happening. So I'm like, all right, Lord, we're here Mm -hmm. and we're going to do life here and, you know, invest here Mm -hmm. if this is where the Lord wants us. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely relate to that. Like Mm -hmm. I remember like I talked about in the last episode, like I remember like when I first came to Minnesota, I'm like, what the hell is this? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm used to being like a lot of like color people and like certain kind of like slang and like understanding like certain mm-hmm. temperaments they're like i'm not i'm not really mad this is how i talk yeah. you know right. what i'm saying oh yeah <laughs> yeah totally so i'm were... really street though mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. um you know i should feel exactly like how you go <laughs> yeah i know what you mean and i remember like i just said i said this on the last episode again like i remember just like walking around school and like mm-hmm. people just like smiling at you i'm just like why what the hell are you smiling <laughs> why? at that's so weird yeah well i remember moving down to my i remember moving down to miami and going to like target and we would be i would be like talking to the cashier and she's just kind of like looking at me like why are you like, talking so, yeah, nice and it's funny because charlotte's just sit there talking to the cashier like making conversations I'm just like charlotte they don't want to talk like it's no Minnesota. they don't want to talk <laughs> they don't want to but like in minnesota it's like kind of rude if you're standing with someone yeah. and you're not like hey the how's worst your day thing with charlotte is getting in an uber because she wants to talk to the Uber no driver. are you like, serious i don't want to talk to the driver I'm like, let's just, like, just drive us like, we don't want to know how their day's going let's just get why? there okay sometimes i'm i'm up all i'm i'll feel it out like with the driver right like i understand what you're saying but i want to feel it out if like i'm like okay i really hope they don't talk to me i hope they don't talk to me if they initiate conversation <laughs> I'm like okay fine we'll talk and I, you probably need an ear whatever or you think i'm gonna give you a higher tip whatever mm. cool but then there are those moments where i'm just like yeah I'm, like for real how's your day <laughs> i'll just get in the car and get on my phone <laughs> probably should change it but um so i wanted to talk about um we're talking to talk about like health and marriage and i think mm-hmm. like i said in the beginning ben is somebody that i've looked up to and asked the hardest questions ever because i know ben is straightforward he doesn't take sides a lot of the times he's looked me in my face and said you need to take your ass home look at charlotte apologize and you were wrong Fine, Ben. <laughs> and I think um, they have, and this is obviously from the outside looking in. I know a lot about Ben and Monique through the things that we've all shared with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they're going to give you their t- testimony. But when it when it comes to healthy, a healthy marriage, there's a lot of things that can go into it. There's outside help. There's inside help. Mm-hmm. As far as like things that you guys know about each other. Um, yeah. So could you guys give any kind of context on like things that you do mm-hmm. or have done or to maintain a healthy marriage well, like with go ahead you go finish your thought sorry I forgot what I was gonna say. before we go mm-hmm. there i just want to preface this by saying like it's really interesting doing these podcasts and intimacy episodes and people will like look and at us and sometimes we're not in the happiest mood Mm -hmm. and they're like surprised that a marriage could ever like have some rough patches or um that we might not be like the warmest toward each other sometimes and said and i are very we want to be authentic Mm -hmm. and transparent so we don't want to just be the highlight reel on instagram like we also want to say like hey we're people we're Mm -hmm. human and we aren't perfect Mm -hmm. and um we don't want to show you that we are perfect because we're not, but people are really surprised by that. Like there was an episode (laughs) where we were, well, there were lots of episodes where we were getting really negative feedback about how Mm. rude we were to each other or Mm. um, just how like this isn't how 
Amir should you. be yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And we're like, you guys, like, this is marriage. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. nothing. And it's never perfect and mm-hmm. great all the time. Like, there are really hard things that people go through. And again, we're not perfect. And so we're still learning how to work together and how... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like we're never going to be perfect. So I just want to preface the conversation by saying like, while our journeys are very different mm-hmm. in any marriage, they're going to be very difficult times. Mm-hmm. And so I think today what we want to talk about is just how do we navigate those difficult times, but also like what are some practical ways to maintain a healthy relationship, whether it be mental health, mm-hmm. physical health, mm-hmm. Um, spiritual health, all of that. And yeah, because for us right now, like to be completely honest, me and Charlotte are kind of like in like a rough patch of our marriage. We're like we're understanding each other. We're like building a business relationship, and we're and we're realizing we're taking a lot of hits to where like a lot mm-hmm. of the things that we're doing are unhealthy. So we're looking mm-hmm. for like okay, we both need to probably go see individual counselors mm-hmm. and also a counselor because we didn't do any premarital counseling. We didn't do anything after Ben's been pushing me to get a counselor forever, <laughs> and I just keep dodging it. And he always keeps. But now that we're me, on the record here, <laughs> but now that we're on the record here, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, he's been pushing me to get a counselor. But it's I think counseling is like this bad like stigma and i'm um prime example every time i go up and i look up a counselor i'm looking at these people I'm like man these people don't know me you know what i'm saying like i ain't about to go talk to these people like i'm gonna tell them about my feelings you know what i'm oh saying my gosh and now i'm realizing that my perception of counseling needs to change because right. i can't fix these problems it's a myself. culture thing yeah mm-hmm. it is a culture thing because in the latin culture it's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. they don't talk about therapy it's like oh that person went to therapy don't yeah. tell them so but we know they went to therapy, right? Yeah, and it's like yeah. all of a sudden it's this new generation of people coming from those cultures who are like realizing mental health is very important. Yeah, that's facts. And mm-hmm. even when I talk to my yeah. mom, like, mom, did you go to therapy yet? And she's like, yeah, I went to one session. It wasn't that great. Dude, I was like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> right. And I'm yeah. just like, okay, yeah. you, you know that nothing is solved in the first session. Like mm-hmm. therapy is a long-term investment. Mm-hmm. My mom said when she went, she was like, they asked me all these questions that like, they don't, like, I'm just like, well, they kind of got to get to know you, Marla. They have you know to, what they I'm don't saying? know yeah. like, from a yeah. paint. Like, yeah. but, she, but what I yeah. realized, like she hated those questions because she had to look at herself for the first time, oh, right? right? Like my mom it's had me when, Yeah, my mom had yeah. me when she was 15, you know what I mean? So she had oh, to be an hard. adult really fast. Yeah. Yeah. So when they're asking her, her these hard questions, she's like, oh, I got to kind of look at myself now. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah, anyways, yeah. we're going all over the place because I'm getting passionate what's, about it. What's holding you back from doing counseling? I just, when I, if I'm being completely honest with you, I look at these people and a lot of the times the people don't look like me, one. Mm. Two, they're, when I read these bi, these biographies about them and like how they have like all these degrees and all this stuff, I'm just like, I don't care what degree you got. Like, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. You mm. don't know, like, if I explain to you, you can't relate to me. Mm. So who am I to, one, to be completely honest with you, pay you mm-hmm. to talk to me yeah. about things that you supposedly know what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. who are you? You know mm. what I'm saying? And, like, no matter who I look at, yeah. it's the same thing. I, I feel all pumped about, like, going to get a counselor. Mm. I'm just on the computer just scroll. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I'm like, forget it. I'm not doing it. And then I get into this rut or this season in our marriage where I'm like, I'm happy, things are feeling mm. good. We get in one argument, then it's like, bam, I need a counselor because yeah. I can't I can't handle these emotions. Yeah. Uh, one thing that my dad said that has really stuck with me is uh, in the Middle Ages, a wise king would fortify their walls in peacetime. So when a war would break out, they wouldn't have you know, a crumbling wall. Right. And if you try to fortify your walls in the middle of a war, mm-hmm it is impossible to be on the offensive and defensive at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, and so he's always encouraged me to uh, consistently lean in and seek help when you're strong. Uh, because oh, then when damn. you're weak. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so hard because, I mean, who's the best NFL coach you had? Belichick. Mm-hmm. Did he look like you? No. Dang. Oh, that's interesting. Dang. How, how so? Different. How it's so? not different. How it's so? not different. Okay, hold, hold, hold on. He ain't teaching me my feelings. Hold on. Okay, so I work in marketing strategy. Mm. I want to be good at my job. Mm. I take a lot of courses and I do a lot of research and I'm at the job that I'm at now because I thought that my boss could teach me a lot. I really invest in learning. Um, Just like when you're in the NFL, you have coaches who push you because they have been through it and they've led a lot of people through it, you know? Mm. Um, They might not be able to do the exact things that you were doing, because they're old, <laughs> but they've led a ton of people through it before. Mm-hmm. They know it way better than you do. Same is true with a counselor. They might look a little different than you, mm. but they lead people through it hours per day. Mm. <laughs> That's their job. And they might've done it for 25 years mm-hmm. every day. So did you guys go to premarital counseling? Like when did counseling come into your conversation? <laughs> Fun fact, I had never been to counseling until Ben and I started marriage, um, premarital counseling. Yeah. And well, to get married, yeah. so we go to River Valley Church, and to get married through that church, uh, you have to do premarital counseling through them. It was mm-hmm. a prerequisite to get married at the church. Um, so we didn't really, I mean, we'd, we probably would have done it anyways, but it was just like, a, oh, this is kind of in your checklist program of how to get married through River Valley. So we did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is it something you've now maintained throughout the entirety of your marriage? There were points where we stopped or there were mo- moments where it was mostly me saying, we need to start seeing a marriage mentor again. We need to start mm-hmm. seeing a marriage mentor again. Yeah. He'd be like, okay, fine. And then like, we can get into it uh, soon, but um, basically going to, from premarital counseling to getting married, I was on a birth control. I won't say but it was an implant of some kind and it messed me up hormonally. Right. I had always struggled with, uh, like my balance of emotions, um, and birth control actually made it worse. And I got on it when I was 18 because of polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, at first, uh, when I first got on it, they told me, Oh, it's going to like help you get your period. But what I didn't realize is that they were telling me, what they were telling me, I didn't realize at the time that I don't know if they knew it or they were naive or whatever, but basically birth control is basically putting a bandaid over the deeper issue. And so being on birth control was tricking my body into thinking it was pregnant all the time. So my hormones were just crazy all over the place. And so when I got this implant in my arm, it was a constant stream of hormones in my body. And so six months after I had this implant, it was three months after marriage. Um, I got to the point where I wanted to kill myself and I don't know. I didn't know what was wrong with me. We were sitting on our bed on New Year's Eve and I said, I just want to die. And I couldn't stop crying and I didn't know why. And he was like, we need to start seeing a counselor and you need to get that implant out of your arm. I was like, okay. So we cut off our arm right there. Yep. Didn't look back. (laughs) (laughs) So then the next morning I actually, I went to the doctor and they, they took out the implant and then we started Mm -hmm. marriage therapy like shortly after not even a year into marriage 
No, it was yeah. it was four months into marriage. Yeah. Four months. We've been in counseling since basically we got married. Mm-hmm. Why we got into, I mean, that is the, uh, the impetus for why we started, but why we've continued um, marriage counseling and uh, marriage mentorship. And uh, we've gone to, um, I mean, we're in a marriage life group and we have been for about five years. Um, and we've gone to marriage conferences and why we invest so heavily in it is because at least for me, mm-hmm. I realize how bad at it I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just like my comment about Belichick, if you want to be good at something, you have to have a coach, mm-hmm. you know, and a counselor is just a, is a marriage coach. Can be. Depends on the kind of counselor. Depends on the type of counselor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the types of counselors that we were looking for mm-hmm. is a coach, somebody in your corner to show you how to do it well. Not somebody to say like everywhere you're messing up necessarily because I'm relatively relatively self-aware i can you know list a lot of my flaws Mm. uh but maybe i need to see things from a different perspective you know but also just to interject there is a difference between being self-aware and being humble in that process Mm -hmm. because i can be self-aware all i want like yeah i know i have these flaws but am i going to start practicing humility Mm. am i going to lay myself down lay my pride down and recognize I should stop pointing the finger and recognize the giant plank sticking out of my own eye versus a speck in his. Mm -hmm. And the problem, like, and we were talking about this in the car on the way here, like we could have all these marriage uh, mentorships, we could have all all these counselors, conferences, like intensive therapy sessions, all of the, you name it, we've been, we've done it all. You could have all that, but if you don't have a heart that is ready to submit, that's ready to surrender and say, Lord, have your way in my heart, then nothing will change. That's facts. You have the tools in front of you and you can just, and like, if all you're looking for is just to pass the test, then look in the answers in the back of the book, right? But if you're not investing your own heart and saying, Lord, if I'm not changing Mm -hmm. what's what's in here, then this is for nothing. Because if I'm expecting Ben to be exactly what I want, I'm going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And if I keep saying, Lord, you have to do a change in him, then I'm going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. All I can say is like in the moments where Ben was at his lowest points or he was doing something that really upset me. And if I started praying, Lord, you have to do something in him. I immediately felt a check in my spirit and being and feeling like the Lord was just like, what about your heart? What's going on in your heart right now? Mm -hmm. Because Ben could be doing everything wrong. Like facts, he could be doing something wrong, right? And I could be justified in my frustration. However, what am I going to do with that? Because I can't change a person. Only God can. Mm -hmm. And if I can just take myself and be like, Lord, you see what's going on. You see my frustration. I'm going to choose to trust you in this process because this is hard. Dude, that's so good. Because what I've realized is like, I just come to the, the realization of like, marriage is hard one but two it's like Mm -hmm. i've realized the things that i want to change in myself and also change in charlotte i can't even one i can't explain it and Mm -hmm. two there's nothing i can do to change it and nothing Mm -hmm. that she can do to change it so when Mm -hmm. i think about like how hard marriage is and like submitting to god to say lord fix me to serve her and Mm -hmm. hopefully 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 through me serving um See, I don't even know how to explain it because sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe if I serve her, then she'll see what I need and then she'll change. Right. And, and see, that's like, the wrong yeah, heart about yeah. it. That's the wrong heart. Yeah. And that's you what have, I'm realizing. And yeah, like, yeah. there's so many people and it frustrates me 
when God so loves being manipulated, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, God, so, so if, if you, you do the right thing, do so, this. So I've heard. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> He'll be like, hey, it looks like he's do doing well. I think I'm going to reward him now. It's totally so, how God works. So, like, one thing that really frustrates me, honestly, about the culture that we live in are people saying, no, the relationship is 50-50. Wrong. Like, I'm going to say, like, it's it's going to be such, uh-huh, yep. It's going to be really tough to admit. For me and Charlotte first met, I want everything to be 50-50. That's all yeah, Charlotte no, no, used to say. It, it can't be that way. And I remember it was a pastor who said this a while ago, like, you have to go in 100 and expect nothing in return. Because if you start to expect them to do the other 50, you will be disappointed. And if I can put on my heart to be like, okay, Ben really likes it when, um, I clean up after the kids or whatever because I'm staying at home now, right? Like he really likes it when I clean up after the kids and then I clean it up. And then in my head, if I think to myself, now he can cook and now he's going to do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't do it. And by the end of the night, if I'm if, sour. Hypothetical situation, if I don't do it. <laughs> if he doesn't do it. Like if he, does, if he doesn't do it in that situation, then I think, and I feel sour about it. Mm -hmm. And then where was my heart? Was my heart really pure in my motives no. for serving him? Mm -hmm. Because if my motives are just to get something in return, I'm going to be let down every time. Then mm -hmm. that's super difficult, like dealing with like your flesh and then dealing with your spirit. Because I mm -hmm. think, you know, we're called to to serve. Like I'm mm -hmm. supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church. And it's super easy to say, but when you think about all like the emotions and thoughts and like things that you want in return, because then like, we come from a culture, especially me, where like I put in the work, I get the result. We win the game or I mm -hmm. gain weight or I get faster. Totally. And I'm trying to figure out how to break that in marriage because one, it doesn't work. And two, it's not fair. And three, it's not how God calls me to live. So do you guys find that counseling helps you realize that or well i guess we didn't talk about marriage like we talked about individual counseling then marriage counseling right no i'm saying you guys just talked about individual counseling not marriage counseling yet well we had done marriage counseling and then i got into more in, like individual counseling mm -hmm. shortly thereafter um my story is back in september um i'm postpartum with lily about five months not getting any sleep i was already struggling with postpartum depression I was on medication, but because every single night I was waking up and getting on average like four hours of sleep every night, it's so sleep hard. deprivation is a real thing. Yeah, And I was getting on average four hours of sleep. Ben and I had just finished celebrating our five-year wedding anniversary. I woke up the next morning saying, babe, can you please take the kids? Take the kids. I got no sleep. And then he's like, okay. And then I laid in bed and I couldn't fall asleep. It was almost 10 o'clock, like a little past 10, and Ben comes in. He's like, okay, Lily was awake, and it's time to wake up. And I'm like, okay, I got no sleep. He's like, no, it's, let's not waste the day. And I'm like, like, F, okay, fine. I'm not going to curse on your podcast. I don't know if you, you can. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, darn, shoot. <laughs> oh, fiddlesticks, because that's the word I use, right? Sorry to be crass, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, shit, like. I just want sleep mm -hmm. and I'm like, God, you see me like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so through a chain of events that morning in a very short span of like 45 minutes, Ben and I had conversations that just snowballed from a misunderstanding to um, like finances and then him not feeling heard. And then all of a sudden I'm feeling suffocated. And then I felt like in that moment, the only way out was to take my own life. I 
ran into the bathroom with a knife. I locked the door behind me and I took it to my arm. I immediately looked at myself, like looked in the mirror, and then I threw it into the sink and I felt crazy. I was like, God, who am I? I buried myself into the linen closet and I started screaming for 10 minutes straight. Oh God, what have I done? Please don't take my family. God, take this away from me, right? Depression is a real thing and I'd struggled with it for too long. And so finally I got help. Like I got actual help. I went to the ER the next day. I you know, got into this program, this amazing program at Hennepin. I don't think it's called HCMC anymore. I don't remember, but it's at the Hennepin Hospital for, it's called Mother Baby Program. And I really push it on any mom going through postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, or who's not getting sleep. It's for moms who are either pregnant or postpartum or who have children under the age of five. And um, they have great counselors, great you know, people who do intensive therapy, group therapy, right? It's where a lot of my revelations about my heart and being human have come from. And um, Ben and I got into marriage counseling shortly thereafter. And I keep using that word. That's annoying (laughs) thereafter. And um, we got into marriage counseling. And so we went to like maybe four or five sessions or something. But then we both realized, I think Ben would benefit from an individual more than us in couples. And so I'm in individual therapy now and he's in individual therapy. Mm -hmm. And then we come together because we were able to like process our own hearts with another person Mm -hmm. who were able to bounce back like what we were saying Mm -hmm. and help us process these feelings that we like that are so intense. We we didn't want to be a couple that just because you do something for a long time doesn't mean you're going to get better at it. You know, think of how many middle-aged couples who get divorced after their kids move out of the house because mm-hmm. they have to, like, rediscover who the other person is. Mm-hmm. That's so common. And, you know, those people, many of them have been married for 20 years. And it's like, well, what happened in that 20 years, you know? We didn't want to be that type of couple yeah. where we would be doing marriage and assuming that we would be getting better at it. And then one day wait for a massive explosion and then be like, oh, wait, I guess it's over. You know? Or like, what happened? Like, how did it happen? And yeah. nothing's ever overnight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's just, it's such a weird, sorry, I'm feeling emotional. Like, it's so weird how the Lord just kind of put Ben and I together in, in the way, in the circumstances that it happened. Because, guys, I don't know if you guys know this story. So a year before I met Ben, I heard... It's very rare in my life, but I've heard the Lord audibly speak to me five times in my whole life. And in this one instance, a year before I met Ben, I heard God say, like, he's whispering right next to my ear, this is your last summer being single. That was the summer of 2012. And I was like, I felt like a pin drop around me, even though I had friends around me and like we were all in in an apartment, like waiting for other friends to get there. And I'm like, okay, I don't think I know who he is yet cool. I'm going to leave it at the cross. I'll come back to it. If it's totally from God, then cool. It's from God. But if it's not, then I'm just going to move on. A year passes. We're at my best friend's bachelorette party and I get to my apartment that night and realizing I'm on the cusp of leaving for California. It's been a year, Lord, since I heard, I thought I heard you say that. But God, if I haven't met it yet, if I haven't met him, then that's okay. 
then I'll be, it's, it'll be just me and you. And I'm cool with that. And little did I know, Ben was praying the exact same thing that night. He had been going through a few months of seeking the Lord, wondering, Lord, am I going to meet my wife? And then he, he thought to himself and he prayed, you know, God, I haven't met her yet. And I'm okay with that. The very I, next- I was not okay with that. He was not, <laughs> okay. Was not <laughs> okay with that. And so the very next day I met Ben, like we met in, in the circumstances and how the Lord spoke to each of us individually in my upbringing and his, like just to see how God was, has been so faithful in our marriage, like- we were on the brink of divorce a year ago. Like we were going to get a divorce. Like I was considering, okay, I'm going to get the kids and move to Florida. Like I was, I was thinking about all these things and like, it's just so cool to see how God has been saying like, no, like this is what marriage is. Mm -hmm. Like you work at it Mm -hmm. and it's not because it's for this world. It's because God is, you know, changing us from glory to glory and he's molding us to 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 more of his likeness not to be a better version of me but so i can reflect more of who christ is Mm -hmm. in my life yeah Uh, so a couple things like as you guys are talking and sharing um your journey and come to my mind and just how like one pastor said and he said it like way more eloquently than I'm about to is that like in marriage you need couples that are above you like mm-hmm. you guys were saying like marriage mentors um you need couples to walk alongside of you mm-hmm. and then you should have couples who are like coming up and you're helping and um Just hearing you guys talk, like it's very evident that you guys have found like marriage mentors, which is something that we haven't. Like as we were sitting here thinking, like who's going to come on the podcast? We're like, okay, we need married couples. Mm -hmm. Okay, who are the married couples in our life? We're like, who who are our friends who are married? Like a lot of our friends aren't married. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're like, okay, well, my sister's married. We'll have my sister on. And we're like, okay, who else is married? Okay, Mm -hmm. well, we know some people at church, but like Mm -hmm. we don't really like hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And it's so important in marriage that you find other people who are married and who have been married longer and who have gone through different you know storms and seasons to walk with you and to help you along um the other thing that well just to go off of that too like you want you can't do marriage alone god doesn't call like didn't design us to do anything alone like he gave us relationship. He gave us relationship with our um, spouse, but then also with other people because we need people alongside of us to do this with. And for us right now, we realize that we really do need um, professional help to help us process, like you said, and we're going to start independently Mm -hmm. and then see if down the road it would make sense to do counseling together. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at and you guys are ahead of us and like i know ben's been we're not ahead we're not well, ahead by any means no we're still figuring it out yes like, yeah. that's, that's a okay. step, right? yeah. but we are better than you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know um, ben's been chasing yeah. around for a while so he finally caught us and we're going whether we're kicking Yay! our feet or not but um i think like for us it's been really important to 
make sure we're taking care of ourselves as well, not just mentally, because mm -hmm. we haven't been doing that. So we're going to start mm -hmm. working on that, but also mm -hmm. physically. And so like Sed's really good at going to the gym. Mm -hmm. And Monique, I've seen you like going to the gym sometimes. Every now and then. Every sometimes. now and then. And now that I have surgery coming up, I'm going to have to do a pause on that. Okay. Yeah. So what are some other ways in addition to counseling that you guys have found to like make sure you're healthy so that when you come to a relationship you can be healthier hmm. um man cultivating a friendship is really really important um and that's something that um i think we can be more intentional about that I friendship think with your spouse yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I saw y'all were on a date last night. Yep, mm -hmm. keeping things spicy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's really important to have a foundational friendship in a marriage because, you know, every marriage is very, very different and there are many types of love and romantic love is a type of love. But if that's the only, like, if, if logistics of your household and romantic love are the only things holding somebody together... Mm. It's going to get real, real rocky. Um, there has to be an underlying friendship and respect. And um, and so we've, we've tried to cultivate that. We have different interests. So, I mean, it's difficult to have like, hey, we're going to have a shared hobby or something. Um, I'd like to. Like, I really yeah, want to. Yeah, in an ideal to, estate, like, we'd like to. But yeah, <laughs> ideally, I, I want to do rock climbing as a family. But we don't live close to like a place and we have two really small children. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. a, little, so it's still, a little too young to do it's that. Hard. In it's a couple of years, we probably will, though. So do you guys have, like, a scheduled date night, like, every... No. no. We'd like to, but no, okay. we don't. Yeah, we no, don't I either. I don't know. What was the last time You we can bring your date? girls over to our place, and then we'll force you to go out, and we'll yeah. happily take care of the girls. And then we'll fl flip-flop. Yeah. Sure. Y'all yeah. do that. Four kids under, and two then, and under. That's easy. They that's entertain easy. each other. Yeah. Maddie and watch each other. The Maddie more kids there are, the easier it gets because then they start playing together. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the other thing, aside from like, you know, physical health, mental health, like, you know, with counseling, honestly, like, it's so hard. But one thing that I've found that's really cathartic is uh, journaling. And I know a lot of people aren't about they're, they're not about drilling. I know you've been writing a lot more, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. 20 minutes a day or 30. Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's been good, right? No, I love it. It's, yeah. it's kind of scary, to be honest, because like mm -hmm. when, because what I'm doing is I'm, I choose one word. Mm -hmm. I ask my audience, like, what's the word that's, that describes how you're feeling at the moment? Mm -hmm. And I'll choose the first word and I write about it for 20 minutes. And it's amazing to see when you focus on one word and you kind of discover yourself in that word. Like I've, I've said, been some of the things I've written, I've wrote. And I'm just like, dude, I had no idea I had that in me. And it was at a yeah. point in my life Amazing. where I was doing it for like two weeks straight. And I had to take a pause. I'm like, it's I'm, so yeah, much. I'm it's mental exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm getting way too deep. And I'm like seeing stuff about myself that I haven't mm -hmm. seen in like since I was like 10. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like I, I paused for a while. I'm like, okay, this is too much. I'm working a lot. Yeah. I got my kids. Charlotte's driving me crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like I, I got to pause on the the writing. So what you're saying is is real. Like the journaling is huge. Journaling is huge. And I know not, mm -hmm. not a lot of people are big on journaling. Because it's hard. Because it's hard. Mm -hmm. But sometimes like even doing a voice memo is super helpful. Mm -hmm. And I've done that. Like if I can't, if I have no words to write, like mm -hmm. I, I just process it in a voice memo. And I feel like sometimes I might sound crazy, but the more I push off, like getting my feelings out or like getting 
everything that's bubbling up inside of my head, the longer I push it off, the worse it's going to get. It's like a, it's like a pressure cooker, right? Yeah. If you try to take the little screw top off before it's ready, it's going to like break and burst. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I got all this pressure that's building up in me and if I don't slowly let out the steam, it's going to end very badly. Yeah. We're a lot alike, dude. Huh? We're a lot alike. Yeah, we are. Mm. We are. And that's mm. why like when Ben's talked to me sometimes like about what you're going through, like not every detail, of course. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I can see what's, where it's coming mm. from. Oh, mm. for sure. You know, mm. um, but but I feel like aside, like it's basically all like the check marks of what you're doing right. But I think that the most important aside from all those things is your relationship with the Lord. And it's not just oh, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes a day. I'm going to read in the word. Okay, great. I spent time with God. It's There's a there's a book that Ben introduced me to. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. Please get it. It's on Amazon. It's amazing. It's by Brother Lawrence, written by a monk from like the 15th century. No joke. It's only like 70 pages. It's a tiny little pamphlet. So oh, really? small. Yeah, it's really so small. small. Easy read. It's basically a collection of letters that he's writing to other people. And in it, he's just talking about how he involves the Lord in his daily life. Not just like, oh, I'm in my prayer room and there's where I'm going to leave God. Like, no, he's like, okay, Lord, I'm washing the dishes. Here are some of my thoughts that I'm having. Lord, this is hard. Like, or Lord, I feel so much joy coming from this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's God isn't looking to be a spectator in your life. He's looking to be involved. Yeah. And so if we are involving the Lord in our marriage, because when we say a cord of three strands is not easily broken, that third strand is is God our rock on our foundation, right? If we're not involving that third strand, then we're going to break. It doesn't matter how much counseling we do, how much, um, uh, how strong a friendship is, how many outlets we have. If God's not the foundation, then um, mm -hmm. I mean, Proverbs says the beginning of wisdom is um, knowing God, and I'm totally misquoting that. Uh, but that is so, so true. The key to a healthy marriage is putting the other person first. <laughs> and that can only be done if you're close to God. <laughs> it is because it is impossible yeah. to do no, without hard. God's strength. So right. my, so one of the, I think one of the biggest things that me and Charlotte lack in that we're trying to get better at is like understanding how to have a, a relationship with God separately, but also together. So we've tried mm -hmm. like reading together mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Are there any like practical things that you do together to kind of, I guess for lack of a better term, like fuel your relationship with mm -hmm. God together? That's something that we, we would, need to that work, we on, need to work on. It's hard. Um, it it's is really hard. hard. Yeah. Charlotte has mm -hmm. a different way of how she likes to have a relationship with God. I have a different way. Like yeah. I get up and I read Charlotte, like I'm sure prays throughout the day and do whatever she does. Um, so doing it together, there's been conflict in the beginning and we tried it in like the beginning of our faith journey together. It's and it so did not hard. go well. Yeah. <laughs> it did so not go well. We were like learning about like Bible verses and stuff and we didn't agree on them and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's, it, but it's difficult to do it together yeah. um, mm -hmm. because everybody's individual relationship with God is personal and yeah. it's different and you do things differently with him. I think what you said was spot on, like getting together and, you know, having that time together, like seeking the Lord is important, but individually and going off of that, what's really important, important is community separately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So having those yeah. friends who are going to not just be your friends, but hold you accountable to remind you of who God is 
to remind you, hey, I think you're being wrong in this area. I think you're right in this area. But what does the Lord say? Mm -hmm. It's those friends who are going to push you. (laughs) I would say one thing. I mean, I would hope. I'm I'm a reflection of This is a commercial for Ben (laughs) Schmidt. (laughs) So if anyone wants to be friends with Ben, his Instagram handle. (laughs) Seriously. I would say one thing that is going well said is that we have found like a church that we call home. Mm -hmm. And we've... um, gotten into community there mm-hmm. like really in that's so good yeah. um, that's great and yeah. like serving but then also we instead of doing like a couple's life group we actually split it and the good. women meet one week and then the guys meet the next yeah, week i think another and really big thing is like when we have trouble like we can t- call our pastor like trent get your ass over here because <laughs> we are about to kill each other i think I told you, our pastor yep. came last week because we were going through it and he came over mm-hmm. here and he hashed it out with us hey you yeah. need to do this yeah. you need to do that no yeah. more bs and let's get it done and so i like, feel like absolutely. i feel like the biggest takeaway too is that you just we need more people like it, yeah. it takes yeah. a team you can't yeah. one yeah, you, can't, kept, you definitely can't do it by that. yourself mm-hmm. and you can't even do it just with your spouse like right. you need a whole team if you don't have other people so. on the outside to help you reflect mm-hmm. to like see things from a different yeah. perspective you're always going to like have a skewed vision mm-hmm. like one of my biggest pet peeves in society today is how people use the phrase my truth right because truth mm-hmm. is subjective it's, it's an opinion. A lot of times like people have their perspective, but like if you come in and then you say, oh, this is my truth in our marriage. Like, this is my truth. Like, this is what I'm seeing. I'm like, yeah, but like, that's, that's just mm-hmm. one perspective. Like, let's see it from a different angle. Like, let's see, like, let's put ourselves in Cedric's shoes. Or let's put ourselves in Charlotte's shoes. How's she feeling? Mm-hmm. How is Cedric feeling? How's Monique mm-hmm. feeling? How's Ben feeling? Like, there are so many different ways to interpret that that it can become dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so when you go in and you 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 become headstrong about this is my side, mm-hmm. then you're going to butt heads constantly. See, and that's why that is exactly why I need counseling because mm. I am like a hard head. Like if really? I believe something, are you, are you not, stubborn? No, and I, I know a full hard head. Being, no. a hard, being a hard head, however you want to put it, like it's got me to where I'm in my life. Like I've worked my ass off to graduate Absolutely. high school, go to college, get drafted mm-hmm. to the league and whatever. And my hard headedness is what got me there because I believe in something and I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. So if I feel a certain way, if my feelings yeah. are hurt, I'm going to stand by it and I don't really care about how you feel. Right. It's, it's just wow. straight up. And then when my, yeah. when my pastor hard. came, when my pastor came and I told myself, when he come, I ain't going to hide nothing back. I'm going to swear. I'm going to talk how I want to talk because I don't want to hide this anymore. Yeah. And when I was going crazy when he was here and Charles was here and Charles like crying and I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm, this is how I feel. And mm. then him sitting there and like, he's like confiding in Charlotte and I'm still sitting there mad. And I'm just like, there's something wrong with me. Mm. Like I have, I have an issue to where like, I don't know what the hell it is, but something's wrong with me. Cause like he's shut up there and he asked Charlotte that really hurt you. Didn't it? Dang. And I'm just like, damn. Like, I don't even think like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because when, when Charlotte's like mad or crying, I'm just like, man, stop crying. Yeah. Like, because that's how, because that's how I grew up. I'm like, man, stop crying. Like, get I don't, over it. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't use the word something's wrong with you. I think that you are wired to win. And if you are in a game that doesn't have an objective finish line, like an end zone mm-hmm. or something measurable, mm-hmm. like you can't win in marriage. You know, Damn. you can't win in business. <laughs> this, is, this is the talk we always you know? have. He always tells me stuff like this. <laughs> so, I mean, if you, it is, people become really, really toxic if you take them from an environment where they are 
this is really common in athletes. If they are extremely hard-headed, driven, and you have an objective that you're working towards, and then you put them in an environment where you can't win. Like parenting. Like Can parenting, mm-hmm. marriage, business. When you don't have an objective that you're going for, that's the end, you mm-hmm. know? You treat, you. it's easy to start treating the other players, your wife, business partners, whatever. Your kids. Kids. Oh, it can man. be easy mm-hmm. to treat other players like the enemy mm. because you are trying to win. And if it's not a defined, you know, there's no defined success, it becomes real, real gray. Mm-hmm. The important thing is realizing that, you know, you're in a different type of game now. Mm-hmm. Um, that mindset is super effective for football, super effective for a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but it is the fastest way to keep people at arm's length. If you view somebody as a means to an end to win, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so what's really interesting is that same type of mindset, the winner's mindset can be so powerful in marriage and in business if you understand that you're in a different type of game. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's good. your game is to put her first and to make her feel loved, even if you don't agree with her. Mm-hmm. And if that's your game, not getting your point across, not feeling respected, because I know as men, feeling respected is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And if she's not respecting you and you react, that's the definition of codependency. Codependency is saying, hey, my needs have to be met for me to be emotionally stable. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the hardest thing in the entire universe. And almost everybody on planet Earth is codependent. The first time, like, it's funny, I didn't realize I was codependent until a couple years ago. I'm like, women struggle with codependency, not men, Mm -hmm. not, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we were in. um, Were we in Reading? No, we, we were in a, uh, a marriage. Um, uh, it was a speaker who came to River Valley and talked about codependency. Oh, it's Ted Cunningham. My goodness, that rocked my world. And I'm like, I only operate out of codependency. Like that is my default state. I did not realize that before. But in all honesty, mm-hmm. I would be using all the tools that we used in marriage mentorship, in counseling. And I would be like, hey, I check off nine out of the 10 boxes. I'm doing really well. If you want to look at my scorecard, I'm, I'm killing it, you mm-hmm. know? The moment Monique would be like, hey, uh, I'm going to toss all the tools out the window and I'm going to fight unfair if she does that. I would be like, what the frick? Look at my checklist. I am doing so well. (laughs) I am bringing everything to the table that we learned how to be effective, how to communicate effectively. And if you're not going to respect that and respect the process that we've built up, Then I, I would get, oh, I'd get so, I'd get so heated mm-hmm. when he would tell me, follow the rules. And I'm like, what about my feelings? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the thing is I would immediately start reacting and pretty much toss out the rule book because I'm like, if you're not going to play fair, how am I going to play fair? If I'm like bound by these rules that we set mm-hmm. up for ourselves for healthy communication, um, I was completely codependent on her treating me with respect and following the guidelines that we set for ourselves for healthy communication. Um, and that is one of the most immature things you can possibly do mm. is basically saying, I don't have self-control. Mm. I don't have emotional stability and 
I'm 100% reliant on feeling good based on how somebody else treats me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then, and if she doesn't yeah. treat me the way that I want to be treated, then I'm going to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, in reality, that's, that's a, me. a lot of the time. <laughs> that's me. And Straight up. Yeah. it's really, really hard. But in essence, again, very, very hard. I have to decide in advance to be forgiving. I used to think of for, of being forgiving as a reaction to somebody doing something wrong to me. No, being forgiving is proactive. It's a mindset and it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So if I choose in advance to forgive no matter what she does, she can treat me like crap. And if I already decide to forgive and love, it's not a reaction, it's proactive. And then I can say, hey, I'm still gonna treat you with love and respect and vice versa. Same mm-hmm. if I'm being terrible towards her. Um, that is the fastest way to diffuse a situation. This is what me and Ben talk about all the time. That's why we're always at coffee shops for hours because he's always dropping those bombs on me. You know what I mean? So I think, um, like we're going to go to counseling now after all these years <laughs> from Ben pushing me. I'm going to finally I can do send it. you my counselor's information. He's amazing. Okay. He is actually Set. amazing. We met he's with a, him as a in yeah. We're still looking. Counseling? We're still looking yeah. for counselors. So that'd be great. You, yeah, you don't have to keep looking. Huh? You don't have to. You, you don't have to use that. You. you don't have to use that as an excuse anymore. I'm yeah. Just no, for, I'm, I'm Stop scrolling. Excuses. So yeah, man. I think you. Like I said, we can talk about this for for hours because marriage is difficult and like yeah. we never have the answers. Like we're in this constant yeah. like battle of like dealing with our own emotions while also trying to do it with somebody else while mm-hmm. trying to listen to God, but you don't want to listen to God. It's same. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. it's a constant um, journey and battle. And I want to thank you guys for dropping all the knowledge yeah. on us. I would just say um, that it's super encouraging mm-hmm. um, to hear just like your guys' commitment to each other and just your commitment to being healthier versions of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's like, that's how marriage, like like you said, how you survive a marriage, how you win a marriage is just always committing to trying to be healthier. Yeah. Um, and it starts like individual and yeah. checking yourself. Ben's well, <laughs> over yeah. here. He's like, I'm checking my heart. Like, oh Lord, that's me. <laughs> I one, hear thing it. Ben, one thing Ben said to me that I'll never forget mm-hmm. um, is he told me that when you're married, well, he told me two things. I'm just going to say one because we can talk about it forever. Ben told me that when you're in a marriage and the way that God designed it is that if you're feeling disrespected and you're feeling not loved, it's really hard for somebody to disrespect when you love them, to keep disrespecting you. Because God didn't design our hearts that way, none of us. Did I say it right? It sounds right. Yeah, that's what he sure. told me. And ever <laughs> since then, it doesn't work every time. But when I want to be like a dick, sometimes I'll tell myself, well, really being that way doesn't really solve anything, so mm-hmm. I'll just be nice. And the times yeah. that I have have been able to do it, mm-hmm. it hasn't like like worked like, oh, it's a trick. It's like, I see God in the midst mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. doing that, because Charlotte, you can like yeah. feel God's spirit when you do that. It's the craziest yeah. feeling. Mm-hmm. So I will say this, that um, when Ben and I came into marriage, like he came from wa- watching marriage from a very healthy perspective where his parents are still together. You know, they work at it. They went to counseling. You know, they, they brought a lot of healthy communication tactics with their children. I came from a very broken family where my mom was a single mom. I watched the fight happen before my eyes. You know, my dad was a deadbeat. Like, she got into another relationship where I won't get into that today. But again, like another tool, uh, tool. He was he was a dick. Like, mm. I, I'm pissed at him. Um, 
and watching all these unhealthy relationships like with men or with in marriages and seeing how men treated the women in my family or seeing how women saw the men in my family. And so I used to have this like, it's just me. I'm going to do me and I'm going to be Miss Independent because that's how I was raised. And when I came in and Ben's like, no, we're a team. I'm like, F you, we're not a team. Like, well, we're a team, but like, no, it's my way. Mm -hmm. Right. And I had to learn so fast Mm -hmm. that this is not the same relationship that I grew up with. This is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And I've always prayed that I would have something different. I didn't realize how different it would be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how different it would look. Yeah. No, that's, that's facts. So one thing that Seth and I try to do every night is just check in with each other. We ask Mm -hmm. each other just a couple of questions. um, And we're going to ask you guys those same questions. Mm -hmm. And your answers can be about like this specific conversation or it could be about something totally different. Um, It's totally up for you. Like how you want to answer it. But the first question is, how are you feeling? Feeling as in today or in my emotions. I mean, like, I feel good. Like I, I'm hungry. (laughs) Like I had a little bit of a muffin and we were rushing to get out the house. Um, Kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, but I feel so good. I feel like we've been doing really well. And um, I think being a stay at home mom has been super challenging. Because all I've ever known my entire adult life has been working. Mm-hmm. And um, this has been a, a challenge where I can't just leave work at work. And it's, my kids are work, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm also a fostering relationship. And so it's very challenging. And I'm just like having to learn every day that God's grace for a mom is so real. It's so evident. But learning how to press into God's strength every day. I think that's been the biggest challenge um, and something that I'm learning constantly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, there are, um, our life is relatively chaotic right now and there's a lot going on. So there's like 50 ways I could answer this, mm-hmm. but um, in this last season, um, I've been feeling in the last few months, I've been feeling more, peaceful um and the season before that when you know monique attempted suicide and and you know we were reeling and um trying to find a stable ground it was not peaceful um but counseling has been going really well for us um we've been treating each other like teammates more than enemies Mm -hmm. uh a lot more lately um and there's something to be said about um, living in your purpose and you can find that however you want. But for me, I've known that I've wanted to write for a long time and I, uh, used to write fan fiction, short stories since I was like 13 years old. Um, but I kind of gave that up a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago. Um, just out of fear, I was scared of failing. I was scared of being judged. I was scared of, uh, realizing I wasn't as good as I thought I was, you know, uh, the list goes on and on. And so I stopped writing and it's incredible what happens when you want to do something and you don't do it. You start losing respect for yourself. And the thing about life is you kind of, you're stuck with yourself for your whole life (laughs) and it sucks to live with yourself if you don't respect yourself. Um, and long, long story, but, um, basically last year I decided to start writing again. Um, 
it's been so incredibly fulfilling and it has really, really changed how I view myself as well. Um, because I feel like I can trust my word for myself a little bit more mm. and I can look at myself with more respect than I did before. That's good. Man. And that's been, uh, a huge, huge difference for me. Yeah. And we just saw you on like Casey Neistat's channel. Is or was it Ryan Serhant? Yeah, so Ryan Serhant, Casey Neistat, and then uh, Dude with Sign from F. Oh, yeah, Dude um, with the Sign. Love him. Uh, they, <laughs> he's yeah, funny. He's great. Um, they, it was hosted by Ryan Serhant. He's um, the host of the Bravo show, Million Dollar Listing New York. Um, they hosted a contest together um, to give one person a free year in New York City mm -hmm. um, to all expenses paid. Uh, they wouldn't have to work at all. They could just live there with the goal of being, they wanted to give somebody strategic margin to be able to chase a dream that they've been working towards for a long time. And so it'd be, you know, somebody who has a side hustle or a hobby or a passion or whatever. Um, and this would just give them access, opportunity, and time to be able to work for it. Um, so they opened up the contest um, around Christmas time and about 28,000 people applied. Um, I was one of those people who applied. Um, very very long story i made a video made like a eight nine ten page application <laughs> uh spent about 40 to 50 hours on it over the course of a week and a half um and uh sent it in and i was lucky enough to be um an honorable mention i didn't win the whole thing we're still going to be here for now but um uh, top 10 yeah. that's huge out of over twenty eight thousand yeah. people and mm -hmm. yeah that was it was so cool he had a facetime yeah. with ryan serhan yeah i saw, I saw that yeah. So yeah. Sick. yeah it was crazy it's mm -hmm. it was funny i had to remind myself afterwards i i journaled right after hanging up the facetime with him because one i wanted to capture you know my my thoughts and emotions after that but two i wanted to remind myself even if i get external validation from somebody who's successful or somebody who's famous I don't want that to be the drive that I have for doing anything mm. because if I rely on external factors for motivation, I'm going to burn out. Mm. I have to rely on internal drives and sure it's nice and it's a great ego boost and it feels good mm. to get external um, validation uh, for my work. And um, it seems like he believed in, in me as well, which is incredibly humbling and feels amazing, but that's not going to drive me in those moments where I'm, tired or you know if I'm, I'm writing a novel if i'm bored with my story and i don't want to push on i'm not going to be like ryan serhant believes in me i'm gonna you know tuesday night i'm gonna write more it's like that wears off after time you know mm -hmm. it hasn't worn off yet which is great mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's gonna wear off in a little bit and, mm -hmm. and i don't want to rely on the next motivation to drive me um mm -hmm. but yeah that's good it's really good so what is bringing you guys joy or what's going well um you first <laughs> you first i don't have an um answer. joy for me um writing that's been rediscovering a passion i've had for my whole life it's awesome i think yeah wow i've been writing poetry again and uh i mean i used to do spoken word in high school and uh in college and then i stopped like right around the same time that he stopped writing and out of fear and uh, I've started to discover that voice again in writing. Um, I'm so happy I did. 
Um, so much joy has honestly been watching the long fruits of my labor with my children. Like Lily mm. just started walking this week mm. and oh, I'm feeling emotional. Like <laughs> just watching her walk toward me just mm. like shit. That makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah, the yeah, best that's in the world, awesome. One thing that I really like about Monique is um, she sometimes I'll come home from work and Vince, he's, you know, he's about, he's a little over two. So he's repeating a lot of stuff that he hears and a lot of stuff that he's repeating are worship songs. And he'll randomly say, I'll see you move, you move the mountains. (laughs) And I'm just like, that's all Monique really Mm -hmm. instilling like. I, I made him uh, a fake drum set with, out of pots and pans, and he takes his drumsticks and he starts going, and I believe, woo, I see you too. <laughs> okay, that's, so funny. that's incredible. Okay, what is one thing that was difficult in this conversation? Anything? I'm going to say nothing. They're pretty like relentless. I said, I'm an open book. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty relentless. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Nothing was difficult, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I can. I knew that already. <laughs> Like nothing's difficult because of how extensively Ben and I have talked about this offline Mm -hmm. and how much counseling and mentoring that we've gotten that we've Mm -hmm. been involved in. Like we've had to force ourselves to do a lot of Mm self-evaluation. And so if anything, this conversation kind of reaffirms what we've learned. And these, this served as a, um, a double-edged sword, if you will, to, um, remind us like what God's word says or Mm -hmm. what our friends are saying Mm -hmm. or what we have said in the past that we need to still do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How can we pray for you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pray for Ben and his novel. He's uh, got a lot going on. He's working a side hustle of a, uh, Freelancing. Freelancing and uh, still a lot doing of my evenings full time. <laughs> Working full-time job, freelancing in the evenings, then writing after that. And, and then still being family, so. a husband Husbands. and a father yeah. and a friend a and lot, a man. brother and yeah. a son. It's just, it's a lot. He's yeah. got a lot going on. So if anything, I just ask prayer for Ben, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. I'd say prayer for us. We're... Um, Ben, I was expecting you to say me. <laughs> prayer, <laughs> prayer for me as well. I'd like to agree with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Prayer for for us, we we want to uh, lean into this season and um, understand each other better and get to know each other better and um, care more deeply for each other. Yeah. I love you, babe. How, how can we pray for you guys? <laughs> to find a counselor. Yeah, I was say. Okay, that doesn't require prayer. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. It does require prayer. Okay. It does. Like, just I'm, to find someone you click with okay, can be yeah. so challenging. Yeah, I guess that's more spirit. Yeah. Find whoever we find, it's okay. somebody that we're meant to be with. Yeah. I want to just go to somebody who just, like, I don't really, I don't really vibe with Ben's them. like, I already got you. He already said he got you. <laughs> I would say um, right now we're, like, in a really busy season, and January just, like, murdered us. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, like, finding the balance of working together in business and Mm. in marriage Mm -hmm. Um, because I was just watching a YouTube video of another couple who does YouTube together and they were like, yeah, we realized that we were putting the channel above our relationship. Oh, wow. Um, And there are definitely moments Mm. where that has happened with us. And Mm. and after January, we're like, oh, February, we need change. Wow. um, Just, yeah, praying for navigating this new working relationship and how 
we can do it and still <laughs> focus on our marriage first. Mm-hmm. Um, well, God first. I love and that. Then, yeah. I love that. So I just want to say thank you guys for sharing um, your testimony with us today. Like you guys are just so inspiring mm-hmm. and encouraging to us in our walk um, with the Lord, with each other and like with friends. So this is this conversation was huge for us, yeah. and we really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank we, you. Yeah, so we much. honestly thank you guys for inviting us to do this. Like, it's so it's such an honor. It makes it really humbled me. Mm-hmm. I feel so. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, we Very stepped first. off our pedestal to come here. <laughs> um, I just want to if say, if you, you haven't know, caught on by the now, it's a little bit. You know, it's thinner up there. But, ben is uh, a little think... sarcastic. <laughs> sure, we'll no, call it sarcasm. <laughs> um, I call it realism. But... <laughs> Seriously, you guys no, are so guys. awesome. I'm so inspired by what you guys do on a daily basis for each other, for your kids, and for work. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So Love you. you guys. Love you too. Aww. All right, guys. Cute. Till next time. Thank you for listening. Uh, this was really fun. Um, if you guys have any questions or anything that you want to ask us, uh, we'll try our best to get back to you. We get a lot of questions, but we love our fan bam, so we try to get back to everybody. You can follow me on all my social medias. Mine is at Said by Me across all the platforms, and uh, Charlotte's Instagram is maybe you should say it for them instead of me saying it. <laughs> my Instagram is ca.pt.